It's time. It's time. Passcode accepted. Downloading the Down South IT Podcast. Hello, everybody. Glad to have you with me. This is the Down South IT Podcast. My name is Clark. Coming to you from the heart of Cajun country, where Mother Nature apparently does not know what the hell season it's supposed to be because it goes from cold to hot to cold to hot. She may be just having hot flashes. I don't know. All I know is I don't know what clothes to wear day to day now. But that is not why we are here. We are here for tech. And when that comes, you know, we're going to have a good time because today I'm going to talk about something that's been in the news quite a lot. You might not know a whole lot about it. So we're going to get into the good, the bad and the ugly of chat GPT. And before we get into all the fun stuff, don't forget, you can hit me up on the Facebook page at Down South IT on the website, downsouthitpodcast.com, which they will have a show prep on this with all the Everything I'm going to talk about today on ChatGPT on the show prep. So if you want to hit that up right there on the website, look for the, the embedded player on the homepage. Look for the show prep link right underneath there. It'll take you to it and you'll be able to open it up and follow along if you want or just get to the links and different things like that. Everything that I have for the show prep will be right there for you. Not to mention, you might be listening on SoundCloud, but did you know that this podcast is on a lot of other platforms too. I'm on Amazon Music. I'm on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, even iHeartRadio. All you have to do is search for it. It will come up whatever platform you like to listen on. Don't forget to like and follow the show. That way you can be notified whenever a new episode drops. I definitely appreciate all of you out there listening. In fact, I didn't even realize it until the other day when I looked, but we hit 20,000 streams. That's right. I, I finally broke 20,000. 20K is now in the rearview mirror on the way to 50. Thank you so much for that. I definitely appreciate all of you out there listening. It's amazing. You guys rock. I love you. And now to the fun part. Chat GPT. I know you've probably heard it in the news and everything. Everybody's going crazy over this. I, however, am not going so crazy over it because I have a little bit different take on it. So we're going to kind of get into that. But what exactly is it? Chat B, cheap, uh, Chat GPT, if I could speak right, is a chat bot that uses, it's a text thing. So you have to enter everything in text and it gives you out in text. It's a chat bot developed by OpenAI. That's the company. And it was launched in November 2022. They just recently updated it. The most stable release has been since the end of January. But what it does, it's called called ChatGPT because it's a text chat. And the GPT part is called a generative pre-trained transformer. It basically is, it's, it is an AI. 
So it is an artificial intelligence. It's an algorithm that is built to be able to compile data and learn. And it learns in a couple of different ways. First being the training that it received from OpenAI. They trained it. They put in all of the data sets. They did all of that kind of thing. And secondly, it always learns from interactions with the public or whoever's happened to be using it. So what OpenAI did to start is they trained this algorithm. They trained it to be able to interact with each other and they basically let it watch as some of the OpenAI programmers did chats to where it can watch. So it monitored all the interactions that each programmer had. And what it does is it ranks everything. So depending on what programmer A asked and programmer B replied, it might not be exactly what programmer A was looking for. So what it does, what they do is they'll do follow-up questions that take in different relevant data and it'll rank everything going forward. So seeing how as it ranks everything that it interacts with, whenever it was released to the general public, it had a huge influx of people that were actually using it. So it was able to make even more rankings and different things. So it can be more specific. It can be more accurate depending on what questions you asked and what follow-up questions you had or what data that it pulled and presented to you. So the longer that you actually interact with this thing, the more data sets that it can pull and give you more refined information. Anything that you ask is going to be relevant to the data set that it pulls out. So what kind of stuff can ChatGBT actually do? Well, it can do a lot of different things. It can actually, you can have it write poetry in a certain style. You can have it write poetry or a paper on a different topic or a person. It can give you instructions on, say, building a computer or putting something together, you know, pulling in a lot of different data sets from different manuals and things like that. So it can give you instruction on how to do stuff. You can also use it to write code or fix, you know, problems you in code. Now, I didn't see anything having to do with the different programming languages that you could actually pull from, but I would assume more than likely probably C+, C Sharp, Python, and Java. That's the, the big ones that everybody kind of uses right now. So I would assume they have others, but those are probably going to be the easiest ones to get around. So if you're having an issue with a certain section of code, you can put that in there and ask it to find the problem, and it will. And it will also offer a solution to fix said code. And just that fact is actually having a lot of programmers up in arms saying that ChatGPT may actually put them out of a job. Because if you know anything about programming, most of the stuff does not come from your own head. Most people borrow code from somewhere. They'll do different snippets from different people depending on what you know they want something to do. A lot of stuff is already pre-written and you just find it, copy it, paste it into yours, and then you may have a few little tweaks that you have to do to get it to work. Other than that, most people don't actually write code from scratch, at least anymore. So in that sense, you can kind of see why it might be an issue, but at some point, you're still gonna have to have a human around to 
you know, play around with it and get it, get everything working like it's supposed to. So digging in, into this thing, what exactly did they use as da- as a data set? Because there's a lot of things through this program that it pulls from. I mean, it pulls from manuals on the internet. It pulls from news articles. It pulls from peer-reviewed papers. It it pulls from, I think they said, two to 300,000 different web pages. Of course, OpenAI does not disclose which parts of the internet or where they actually gleaned all of this information from. So we have really no way to tell. And that could be an issue later on down the road that I'm going to tell you about. But for right now, just know that it pulls from a lot of different things. Right now, if you really wanted to go check this thing out, you could go to OpenAI's website and get into ChatGPT and interact with it, talk with it, play around with it, see if you, you know, see what it's all about. You could do that. It is free to use right now for the public because ChatGPT is in its, what they're calling a research and feedback collection phase. Uh, as of February 1st, there there's a paid subscription that came out. So you can use it and uh, pay for it. That's called ChatGPT Plus. Apparently that's supposed to give you more accurate information and it pulls from a little bit wider database. So besides what it is and what it can do, let's kind of get into the good, the bad, and the ugly, shall I say. So the good part, I would say it is a technical achievement. It's something that we have not seen before. This is very highly complex and it is, for all intents and purposes, an actual AI because of the fact that it learns from itself and its interactions with everybody else. It is a very highly complex algorithm. Like I said, it gives questions and everything by rank and by ranking every interaction that it has with you or whoever's using it, that it can be more accurate and give you the information that you want first time at first time through being that it has such a huge data set lets it do a wide range of things and you can ask it a very wide range of things to be able to get information back from it so that's always a good thing you if something that you want to know is clearly kind of out of the blue you know and it happens to be within gpt's data set, then it, it'll give it to you. So that's something that's, that's good. It could be something that's for doing regular search might be a little bit more tedious and trying to find it, the exact answer that you're looking for, or the exact figure that you're looking for might be a little bit more of a problem. This will give it to you a lot sooner. Something like this would definitely also be helpful in doing research. Whenever you do research, you always accumulate a lot of data. Whenever you're trying to sift through that data to find something meaningful, you know, having something like this that's able to learn and rank different things can be a valuable asset in sifting through all that data to find exactly what you want. Because a lot of times, like I said, whenever you're doing research, especially even something as big as the the Large Hadron Collider, they pull in massive, massive amounts of data every time they do in a, a split with an, with an atom. That kind of data takes weeks or months to sift through so they can get to 
exactly what they want and see the, the effects and everything like that. Something like this, they'd be able to do it in probably days. So being able to manage all that data and find relevant information in a lot faster fashion would definitely help out in a research front. Another thing this could be helpful for is people who have had strokes and can't communicate all that well. Something like that, being that this is mostly a text-based thing, you could have a speech-to-text integration with this and almost kind of do like what Stephen Hawking's chair did in his computer, but it would actually be able to give you much more human-like interaction rather than the robot-like voice that he had. So something like that would definitely be good in that space. Now, when you get into the bad, and there are some bads and even uglies in this, because ChatGPT uses such a huge data set with articles, web pages, manuals, papers, and different things like that, when, it, when it's pulling all that data, that data was written by humans. And humans, whether you do it knowingly or unknowingly, when you write something and say you're very passionate about it, you have your own ideas, your own biases, your own grudges, your own, your own heart into those documents. So if it's pulling from those documents, then there's an inherent conflict with the data because it's pulling from a biased source. So that in itself could be an issue. Now, OpenAI has said that they have restricted a lot of stuff like that to where it can't give biased opinions or one-sided information. They've already had several instances of people posting things that they've interacted with it on and it clearly has given biased information. So apparently their safeguards are not up to snuff quite yet, but at least that is something that could be rectified in the future with some updates and different changes to the algorithm. Another bad thing is that the data collected that they feed into GPT to make it work, that huge data set that I mentioned, could be something that you posted on the internet, which most times wouldn't make too much difference because when you post something on the internet, it's going into public domain, so it's fair game, but still they are using it without your permission. I know they're having back and forth with the European Union on this because European Union has very high, very high privacy standards when it comes to stuff over the internet. So they're still kind of hammering that stuff out right now. But again, if you put something out on the internet, a lot of times it's going straight into the public domain anyway. But I still don't like the fact that they could pull from, you know, something that you posted, but at least without your permission anyway. And along that same line, there's no way to opt out of that. So even if you do have something that you posted that is in public domain, there's no way to opt out of, of it from OpenAI using it. So it may randomly show up if somebody asks the right set of questions. Now, an easy way to rectify that would be something along the line of like a forget policy, which is even if they did manage to get something that you posted that you don't want them to, they can go by what data they pulled from which site and per user and forget that information. So that could be done. 
And then if nothing's used over a, a period of time, that that data would fall out of the data set of chat GPT. Now that's not how everything works right now, but they may do that in the future. I'm sure depending on how much of a stink that everybody puts in about it, but not many people know about it yet. So you are going to be one of the first being that you heard it here. Next, sometimes chat GPT gives answers that are just completely false and it'll argue that they're true, but it's actually false. And that just happens to be because of the data that it's pulling from. You know, you the question asked might not have to do with the data that's given and different things like that. So I think they call, actually call that an AI hallucination when it gives you just weird answers that have nothing to do with the question that you asked. So that is something that does happen. It, they're still working on it, but it doesn't, they haven't fixed it yet. So sometimes that does happen. Now, one last thing that's in the bad category would be that your reactions and responses to chat GPT also go into their data set. So your questions or answers or anything like that, any interactions that you have with it could come up in somebody else's questions. So make that of it what you will. So now getting into the ugly side of this, ChatGPT is not supposed to give you any kind of toxic or violent or racist con uh, content whenever you ask questions. But unfortunately, being that this is a computer program, it can be hijacked. In fact, some users have already been able to jailbreak it and used a few different techniques to bypass the restrictions. In fact, they did this in December and they were able to get ChatGPT to give them instructions on how to make a Molotov cocktail, a nuclear bomb, you know, doing different arguments in the style of Hitler, you know, different things like that that are probably not something that you really want to have come up in just a random question by somebody. So besides that, it's also possible that usernames and other identifying information might be part of the data set that ChatGPT uses. Even though it's not supposed to give out any kind of user information or identifiable information, it's still in the data set and depending on the questions asked, that data could be presented. Along that line, anything that ChatGPT puts forward then becomes public domain. So if it does have any of your user info and if it was to be used in a reply from to somebody from ChatGPT, that would then be part of public record. So we're not sure exactly what user data was skimmed off the internet at this point. And like I said, depending on if you put it there, it could already be public domain, but we don't know because we don't know what data they're using, at least all of it anyway. There's no repercussions in the privacy policy that OpenAI uses to fix it if they happen to accidentally give out your username, your email, something like that. So that could definitely be a privacy nightmare. ChatGPT also gathers data on all its users, including all of the interactions, your IP address, your user data, your settings, and all of that can be sold off to unidentified third-party vendors without any consent from you. Now, granted, that's 
not too much different than most places like Facebook and you know a few other ones like that. But at least they kind of list some of the places that your information could go. OpenAI has no such list available. So anything that they glean off of you can get sold off to a third party for advertising or what what have you. And all of that would be completely unknown to you until you start getting a bunch of spam email. And last but not least, right now there are no watermarks for using ChatGPT. So you could simply screenshot something and copy it, paste it, and claim it as your own, which of course would be plagiarism. But they're working right now to try to get a watermark on it. They just haven't installed that yet. So once that happens, you know, it's going to be a lot less likely. But for the time being, being that you can have it write poems in a certain style or, you know, you can have it do an essay on a certain thing, a certain topic. Somebody could use that and then all of a sudden claim it as their own and it won't go off as plagiarism because depending on the question that that you ask, and all of the subsequent questions that you could ask it, that essay could possibly go off as being something of your own, wholly your own, and it can't be tracked down because that essay or that poem or whatever it was, was written for you, specifically for you. Now, there was a big dust up a couple of months ago when they had some people that were using an AI picture maker to make you know, anime and manga artwork and submit it to different art contests and stuff like that and ended up winning. And of course, that pissed off a whole lot of people that actually put time and effort and everything into their work. And somebody just basically put in, create this in this style with these, you know, different things that they want in it. And it just automatically, poop, there's the picture. You know, so it took basically like three minutes to make and they were beating people that actually went through and put in time, effort and heart into their work. Now, I'm not saying it will happen, but the watermark will definitely help. Now, if they have something to where you can't actually screenshot or anything like that, which is very difficult outside of a PC, you can do it on mobile devices, but on a PC, it's a little bit difficult to kind of stray away from that. So it's possible, but somebody's going to do it. It's just that's the way the world works, unfortunately. So a few final thoughts on this before I actually end the podcast. This could actually be a good thing. There's a lot of things that an AI like ChatGPT can do. It can definitely help in a lot of respects. But there's a lot of things that can go wrong with it. And I'm not saying anything like, you know, Terminator and Skynet, that type of thing. That's not exactly what I'm talking about. The thing that's wrong would be using data that it shouldn't be using, giving out answers that it shouldn't be giving. We as a whole actually put out a lot of data on the Internet for the, the world to see, whether we know it or not, you know, different transactions with debit cards, Facebook posts, Twitter posts, you know, pictures with Instagram. We put out a lot of data 
And something like this could be used to sift through that data to basically track you to no end. To be fair, that's actually probably possible now just based on everything that we have and put out there. It is possible, but something like this would make it really, really easy. And that's a scary thing. Technology is a wonderful thing. I make my living using it, fixing it, and working with it every day. But technology, especially stuff like this, that's this new and this unproven, needs to be treated with a huge, huge level of respect and a lot of skepticism. I'm not like a lot of people. I can see both sides of the coin. I can see how this can be helpful, how it can be useful. There's a lot of things that AI and this type of technology can do and make our lives a lot easier, faster, more streamlined. But I can see the flip side of that coin too. And the back side of that coin is very dangerous. On that note, I think I will forego my normal closing of the podcast and just thank you again for being such avid listeners. I love you. I'll see you right back here in the next episode of the Down South IT Podcast. Later. Later.